Hello there guys and welcome back to episode 16 of the Bulky Blue podcast And today we are going to be reviewing the Chelsea 1, Krasnodar 1 match In the final group stage match for Chelsea And um, going over some of the other results And the big... The well, the biggest talking point from the Champions League this year so far, probably, um, in the PSG game, which will be at towards the end. I'm gonna give myself a little section on it, um, <clears throat> but getting straight in to the um, review for the Krasnodar match, um, I'll be completely honest. I was in and out with watching it. Um, looking at the scores, the shots and stuff like that. And read reading the commentary and all that. It didn't sound too eventful. Which you'd expect from what was in a sense a dead rubber. We'd already topped the group. So the, um, Krasnodar, sorry, had already... Made Europa League. So. From that. One all. Sounds fair. I'd say. Again from reading it. We didn't sound like we were. Going gung ho. Um, Well. Move. I'll, I'll move straight into starting 11. And you can see what I mean. So, first off, we had Kepper in goal. Um, Lampard confirmed he'd start in the press conference. Not a problem. Um, Which, one thing I will say is he wasn't at fault for the goal. I don't think. He was blocked off. He couldn't see it. And by the time he did see it, it was in the net. So, not going to blame him for that. We had Aspilicueta right back. We had Rudiger and Christensen as our centre-backs. We had Emerson as our left-back. We had a midfield three. I think it was a flat three of Jorginho, Kovacic and Billy Gilmore. And then we had a front three of Kai Havertz playing on the right wing. Tammy Abraham up front. And Tino Andurin on the left wing. Again, Billy Gilmore was confirmed to start. Andrin, Matt Law, turned around and said that he was going to start because he'd been training with the first team. And Andrin came out in an interview afterwards saying that Lampard told him yesterday he was going to start. Well, the day before the game, sorry. But with that lineup, the swoop and the subs as well, we had Kante and Werner playing 16 minutes. Giroud only playing 10 minutes. But we had one, three, four, five, six, seven of our strongest squad rested. We had Mendy, Silva, Reese, Chile, Zuma. So our normal back five completely rested. We had Pulisic and Mount rested as well. So that's seven out of 11. Of our strongest 11. Uh, seven out of our strongest 11, sorry, that were completely rested. They didn't even play. 
Then we had Kante, uh, Timo and Giroud having some appearances of not long said. Um, going through some of the stats, we had 18 shots, they had 7. We had 5 on target to their 2. 6 corners to their 2. 1 offside each, we had a yellow card and we had 64% possession, they had 36. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, again, I didn't really see much. I saw their goal. And then it was only a handful of minutes later, we we go up the other end, Tammy gets tripped and fouled, and we win the penalty. Jorginho puts it away, no problem. So, got no quarrels there, but then it looked like we went behind, from what I saw anyway, we went behind, we snapped into gear for all of about five minutes, got the equaliser, and then we sort of geared down again and just started cruising towards the finish line to sort of take it. It looked like we take took it easy from what I saw. And again, I can't really make a big judgment on that because I didn't watch it all. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, it was good. Good to see Billy and Tino Andrin getting starts. Um, that's actually one thing that I wanted to mention. Because when when we found out that Tino was starting before the lineups came out, I was really confused because I see people on Twitter saying about it. Um, I didn't think we could play academy players because of the first team COVID bubble that there has been. Hence, why we couldn't play um, why we couldn't play youngsters against Barnsley when we beat them earlier in the season in the cup. But honestly, I don't know. They said. People were showing me on Twitter that he was he's classed as a list B player, which means because he was born after a certain year, he can play basically without having to be registered in our first team, which is fair enough. But as I say, I thought it was I thought he weren't able to due to the COVID bubble. Um, but obviously he was. I'm glad he was because he played quite well. I think. Billy was man of the match, according to a load of people I've I watch on YouTube and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean it's it was just a get through this match and just get out of there with no injuries, no real effort put in, sort of thing. And that's all I can really say on the matter. So I'm going to move into the other results. Um, Sevilla won three one. They finished a point behind us, but second in the group still. Obviously, um, I feel quite bad for Ren. It's it was always going to be difficult. They lost their goalkeeper. They lost Rafinha to Leeds. They lost um, Dalbert to suspension. So. They were always going to be tricky, like tough, but 
at least now they can focus up on the league and I wish them all the best, I really do. Same as Chris and I wish them all the best. It was it was nice to have them in the group. Having go or going to Russia and having fourth uh was it ten thousand fans I think that were there. Yeah, having them there was was nice. Um It it was, it was as I said. It was good to have them in a group, and then Sevilla. Well, they, we knew they were going to be a tough team. Um, we knew that going into the group, um, Europa League champions. They're no mugs, and we were able to top the group. So I'm, I'm pleased with that. Um, Juve. Beat Barcelona 3-0 uh, in what was potentially the last time Messi and Ronaldo ever play against each other. Um, Ronaldo scored two abrasive penalties, I think it was. And Buffon, I think it was BT put it out like on the Twitter that Buffon is ageing like a fine wine. And I mean, I mean, you can't deny it. The guy is still brilliant at 42, 43 years old, I think it is. And still playing for Juventus. Still playing well for Juve as well. And Again, it's one of those where you... Well, they actually, because, of the head, because they beat Barcelona 3-0 and Barca beat them 2-0, I think it was, they actually top their group. They took the top spot off Barcelona. So in the last 16, we could play Barca. We could play either Leipzig or PSG. And I'll get into that in a second. Um, Because Man United lost 3-2 yesterday. Which means Leipzig are through. PSG and Man United are tied on points. Uh, But because of the head-to-head, Man United are out. Now, the PSG game. I sat here yesterday. It might have been the one before. And I turned around and said that all these campaigns against racism, what are they actually doing? Because it seems to be near enough every week now. Because I, It was yesterday, yeah, because I spoke about the Millwall incident. Um, now, before I actually get into that, I'm going to talk about the football side of it. PSG are going to finish their match against Istanbul today. Um, The match got abandoned for reasons I will explain. Now, PSG and Man United are on nine points. If PSG win, they are then tied with Leipzig on 12 points. However, I don't know the head-to-head between Leipzig and PSG. So if Leipzig got some, has the better 
um, head-to-head. They'll finish first and PSG second. If PSG have got the better head-to-head between them and Leipzig, PSG go through top of the group and Leipzig go through in second. Now, personally, I want PSG to have the better head-to-head because I believe Leipzig are the easier of the two to play because because we're top, we're playing a team from second spot. And, yeah, I mean, we've already got a possibility of meeting Barcelona in the next round. We could play Atletico Madrid in second if they go through. We could play the likes of Real Madrid, Ajax, um, either PSG or Leipzig. Uh, depends on who goes through on that group. We've got the possibility of playing Lazio, I think, because they finished second in their group with Dortmund. Um, the, the, some really tough ones out there finishing second. Um but it is what it is. If you want to win the Champions League, you've got to beat the best teams out there. But now it is time to talk about the PSG game. Now, for those that have lived under a rock for the last 24 hours and don't know what happened, about 14 minutes into the match yesterday, because they kicked off at the same time as Man United, um... Things started stirring up on the touchline. The Istanbul assistant manager, from what I've seen, from what I've read, apparently, well not apparently, he's accused a fourth official of calling him the N-word. Now, for clarification, for clarification, the uh, assistant manager of um, Istanbul is a is a black man. Um, now, I've I've sat here yesterday. Actually, before before I carry on with that, I'll keep saying what happened. So, Demba Bar, former Chelsea player has heard what has been said. Um, there's a clip of him out there saying, like, why is one official saying, or calling a white guy just guy, but then specifying colour when he's saying about a black guy? Um, which is completely wrong. Um and then Neymar and Mbappe came over, basically demanding an explanation as to what was going on. Um, obviously, they've been told because then both sets of players walked off, walked off the pitch, down the tunnel, and in the into the dressing room. The match was suspended. Now, first of all, what I do want to do is praise every single player in that situation. 
for taking a stand against racism and walking off the pitch. No no player, no staff member, no one in society should have to suffer that. Now, it's, it's bad enough that it comes from fans. But when it comes from a match official, this is an all-time low for football. <laughs> it, it's actually sickening. It, it really is because you sit there, and it's like I, I'll refer to a I'll refer to a different podcast um, by a big big Chelsea name on Twitter. A guy named Alex Goldberg. Very, very popular. And his podcast, The Byline, is extremely popular as well. He did a podcast a while back. I don't know exactly how long ago. With Denver Bar himself. He's had some big names on there. Um, yeah, he did a podcast with Denver Bar himself. And uh, they spoke about racism. Now, Denver Barr made a point saying that if you have a 40,000 stadium, you might get 40 in that stadium who are racist. Now, Denver Denver Barr's words were 40 out of 40,000 is nothing as a number. But he then turned around and said that fans in the stadium who aren't or who are hearing the abuse, the racial abuse thrown at players or staff members for that matter should basically all point at the guilty and be like, so, so, they can, so the authorities can identify them. He was. He also turned around and said that um, when it when it comes to players walking off the pitch, if if a black player has been abused racially, and he walks off the pitch, that does send a powerful message. But he turned around and said, "What would be an even more powerful message would be if a white player or a." a race that isn't being abused if a player of that race walked off the pitch and support and support the 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 abused like and show unity basically um so alex goldberg he said like asked like gave an example hypothetically it was just after I think it was just after the Tottenham fan was racist towards Tony Rudiger um, with the with the monkey gesture and he asked them like Demba 
hypothetically, if Rudiger was subject to racism again and he wanted to walk off, should, like, basically, would, would Aspie, if Aspie was to walk off, would, would that be like a, what's the word, would it be like a more of a sign to say we're not accepting this? And Denver basically turned and said, yeah, it will show more unity. Which, when you see what happened with the PSG game yesterday, the way the way that all the players actually responded and went, nah, fuck this, we're walking off. Now, PSG, they've got black players. They've got white players. They've they've got multi multi racial in in their squad, and it's the same with the Istanbul players. And the fact that they all stood united and walked off needs to be credited. When they were in the tunnel, uh, in the dressing rooms, UEFA came out and said that. They're in talks with the with the players of both teams to basically restart the match that night. So last night with um, basically without the fourth official there, um, but it didn't happen. They're playing it as I'm speaking. They're going to be kicking off in one hour nine minutes to finish off the match with a new set of officials. They're going to be carrying on from the 14th minute. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is, as I said, it's, it's so disheartening. Because it does, it feels like you're talking, or oh, it seems like this horrible situation is rearing its ugly head every week. It's not even been three days since the Millwall incident. And we're talking about it again. But not just again, but another European thing. We had it going back last year when England players were being abused by Bulgarian fans, I think it was. I might might have got the country wrong and if I have, I apologise. But foreign fans doing racist shit towards our black players. And as I said, I know we're not innocent in this. There's racist fans at every club, every country. But this incident wasn't fans. It was the officials who are supposed to be the ones protecting the fucking players. That, as I said, is is an all-time low. And I want people to start fucking calling out UEFA, FIFA, the FA. Uh, I know... I know I'm not going to be the one to spark a movement. (laughs) Quite simply, I haven't got the following to do so. 
but some it needs to give. Because otherwise it's just going to get to a point when you're going to have you're going to have black players scared to even play football. I said I said something the other day regarding rainbow laces and I said about how homosexual players feel scared to out themselves or be completely open about their sexuality because it would be the first thing that people use to abuse them with with black players or n- not just black players like for example uh, Hyun Min Son has had it thrown at him had abuse thrown at him now I I may not like Tottenham, but just because of that doesn't mean it gives people a right to go and say some of the shit they say about different players. As I said, Son's been abused. He's not a black player, but they've abused him racially. So it's not just black players, but it will get to a point when players of... BAME origins and of race of races will be so scared of getting racially abused they won't play and that isn't that's not right No one should be fucking scared to go onto a football pitch. No no one should be scared to fucking... Or they shouldn't have to be scared because of their skin colour anyway. But as this is... As this one's a a football podcast, I'll keep it football because I don't want to get on political... My point is, some of the best players in the world are black players. The best centre-back in the world right now, or the best two centre-backs in the world right now, are both black players. Koulibaly, Van Dijk. If you had a third one, Varane. Best CDMs in the world right now. Kante. Casemiro, Fabinho. You look, you look closer to home in the Premier League. Best right backs, not just for England, but in the league. Best right backs. You got Reese James. You got Trent, and you got Aaron Wan-Bissaka, because as a defender, he is a good player. All black players. Every single player I mentioned there is a black player. Where else? Move, moving, moving forward. One of the best strikers in the league. All right, he's in poor form. One of the best strikers in the league for the last three seasons has been Pierre Aubameyang, a black player.
two of the best wingers in the league. Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. Raheem Sterling. I'm... I could sit here all day and list and list elite elite world class players who to put it bluntly aren't white and they are fucking fantastic players and the fact that people are then using the only thing that they can think of the only thing their tiny brains can think of to insult them with is their skin colour it's bullshit it shouldn't be happening but why is it and and it and it rolls back to what I've said what the fuck are the governing bodies doing UEFA have got respect FIFA have got their own one. Each different fucking governing body in the FA have got one. Whether it's kick it out, give racism the red card, say no to racism, no room for racism. Yet what the fuck are they actually doing? Apart from sitting there, doing all the big PR stuff, they'll have a couple of matches where they'll have their, like, Adverts put out there. Oh, look at us! We're doing this, that, and the other to support the, to support players of different races and stuff. But then what happens? Same shit, over and over and over and over. How many times in the past two years alone? have we heard about players being racially abused? And not just in this country. Moise Keane, superb player at Juventus, left Juventus because they were sitting there being racist to him. He then moved to Everton and now he's gone to PSG. Lukaku, Moved to Inter. Racially abused. Tammy. Tammy's, Tammy Abraham's a perfect example. Right. We played the Super Cup against Liverpool last year. He missed the penalty. He, he missed the penalty and we lost the, we lost the final. His social media blew up with abuse being fired at him. And you look at every single fucking one of them. All had a derogatory term based on his skin colour. I'm not going to say it. But N-words were being thrown at him. Other, other derogatory terms for... Well, for, for a black man was being thrown at him. It, Same thing happened with Pogba. Now, I don't like Pogba because I think he's a egomaniac, money-grabbing asshole. 
But again, he missed the penalty and he had all the same shit fired at him. N-word this, N-word that. From his own fans. And Tammy's was from his own fans. That's this is this is my point. Every club has them. Every country has them. Like racist fans. And as vile as they are, unfortunately we can't get rid of them. If I had it my way, I'd click my fingers and get rid of every single one of them. But throughout it all, the one thing that was always there was the officials were there and protecting the players. Always. Any 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 time I've noticed in the Premier League in particular, when there's been a racial incident, when the referee's been notified and then the fourth official gets notified, they make for a call to go around the stadium and they've got this protocol in place now where it's one time's a warning or something like that, two times the whole um, section of the crowd gets emptied out and then the third time players walk off. or It's something along them lines anyway, I'm not exactly sure of it, but the officials are backing the players on this. Yet yesterday, the PSG one, the officials were the guilty party. As I said, something's got to give. Who knows what that's going to be. <laughs> and the worst part, how many people, whether it's in stadiums, or a keyboard warrior who's hiding behind a faceless account, are sitting there having those very thoughts her too too scared of what might happen to him to say anything because it's, it is it's, these people who do it in terms of fans a lot of them are all pissed out of their heads on alcohol You'd, any other time you'd just say if if they were giving if they were giving stick to an opposing player calling him shit calling him a wanker calling him a, like and stuff like that you'd think alright he's just passionate about his club and he's giving the player shit to get in his head the second colour is mentioned should as as Denver Barr said in in that podcast, fans around him should out him. Point at him. Point at him, embarrass the cunt. Now, I'm, I'm sorry. I really am sorry. I, I hate saying that word, but embarrass the prick. Because what he's doing is fucking vile. How how can you sit there 
How how is that even the first thought that pops into someone's head? Oh, I that player's done whatever. So rather than just doing like saying something like he shit, I'm gonna throw his colour in there. I'm gonna abuse him because he's a black player. Fuck off. Pricks like that aren't welcome in football. And I hope to fucking God this referee. Not the referee, the fourth official, sorry. I hope to God he gets charged. There's microphones all around him. They're on a headset with the referee and the other officials. They would have heard what was said. The fact that three different people were saying the same thing from both sides. So you had PSG's lot saying stuff as well, saying that this fourth official had said what he'd said, shows that, as it stands, it's only allegations. It's, it's, it's true. Let's be real. If three or four different people are saying the same thing, They've obviously heard heard him. I hope to God he does get charged with Summit. Because this can't continue. Out, out him. Name him, shame him. And charge him. Because maybe then, all right, we might not be able to stop the thoughts that some people have. But at least then you can stop or try and put a stop to players getting abused purely by their skin colour. Actually put it out there. If you're racist towards a player, you're going to get charged. Whether it's a stupidly heavy fine, like five grand, or... Prison time. Whatever it may be. Actually charge them for this shit. And then maybe people will start thinking twice about doing it. And then they think twice about doing it. It slowly moves. People are then scared. To become racist. The people who are. And then the new generation. That are getting taught it. By their parents. Because. There is a fantastic video out there. And the caption is actually. Racism isn't natural. It's taught. it's It's a beautiful clip. And it's. Two kids. Probably two years old each. One's a black kid, one's a white kid. And they're running towards each other and they hug each other. They accept each other. They don't care that one's black, one's white. It's... Racism is taught. A lot of it 
is media based. You see it all over the media. There'll be a mur- there'll be multiple murders. But the one they'll cover the most is the one is if a is if a black man's done it or is being arrested of doing it. Whereas if a white man kills someone, it's not mediaized as much. You look at for example um Phil Foden bought um he bought Summit for his mum, I think it was I think it was a house. And it was and it was Man City star by his house for his mum. Right. Uh another player in the academy, a black player this time, did the same thing. Bought a house for his mum. Perfectly noble, nice gesture. They specified his colour, specified how much he earns. And then just started questioning why is he why is he doing it? And it's when it comes to the media, it's subliminal racism. And they're gonna play the ignorance card. I didn't know. And because they're not out and out saying terms of like derogatory terms. Because they're not out and out saying them, they'll get away with it. It's like the word um the word terrorist is fired around so much at the Muslim community and the Asian community, like the Middle Eastern community, that it's fear mongering. So for for example, I had a I had a friend at school who who was uh an Asian an Asian kid and if he used to get on us get on the bus with his bag genuinely people used to get off and shit themselves. Because he was of that race, carrying a rucksack. Now, I personally knew full well there was nothing like that in that bag at all. But because of the select few assholes, the media jump on it like a fucking bandwagon. And they alienate an entire fucking population because of it it's as I said media are are a very very big contributing factor here but as I've also said we'll never be able to prove it racism is a very very real issue and it's not just in football, it's societal. And as I've said before, it's education. We need to snap these arseholes out of it. Because what they don't realise, right, 
whether you're religious or whether you're not, if you believe in evolution. First, human beings weren't white. They weren't white people. If you look in um, any form of religion, majority of the first people were born in the Middle East area. Doesn't They're not white. And if you believe in evolution, the very first sign of human life was in South Africa. And Africa is predominantly black people. The first human being, we won't know because no one was alive. The first human being could well have been a black man. But these racist assholes are sitting there being racist because of a because of a man's skin colour. People need to know your history. And... I've, I've said it before. I haven't said it on here. The way I look at things... So it doesn't matter if you're, if you're black, white... Asian. Doesn't even matter if you miss the blobby and you're pink with yellow spots. If you're an arsehole, you're an arsehole. And if you're nice, you're a nice person. The point is, it needs to come to an end. I hate using it. And I hate seeing people using it, but how the fuck are we in this are we this far with so many different things but still be so behind it it completely blows my mind it really does this is meant to be a football podcast I meant to talk about the joys of football the the re- the results the the play the the, the stats the 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 match the f- the fucking football is what I'm meant to be talking about and yet I'm talking about an incident yesterday and it has to be spoken about because it needs awareness it needs to be it needs to be eradicated. It's. I wish I could just, as I said, click my fingers and get rid of a lot of them. I wish I could just sit here and talk about the Chelsea game. Or any of the other Champions League matches, or any match for that matter. And just move on. I really do. Unfortunately, unfortunately that's not the case. If if these campaigns against racism, if they are actually working, I'll be the first to congratulate them. 
but they're not working. They're really not. They're really, really, really not working. How can we have so many different racism campaigns and it still be the talking point near enough every fucking week? Unless deep down they just don't give a shit and it's all just a PR stunt. It's... It's vile. It really is. As I, as I said, when I first started talking about it this episode, just talking about it makes me feel sick. Um, I hope, I hope it doesn't become the point, as I said, that I hope it doesn't get to the point where black players feel scared to play football. Because that's not right. What should happen is these these pricks who are doing it shouldn't be near shouldn't be near stadiums, they shouldn't be near people, they shouldn't be near society. And when all said and done I do believe eventually it will stop. But it won't be my generation. It won't be the generation after me. Or the one after that. It'll be in years and years and years time. When people are actually fucking getting educated on this shit. But. Until then. All any of us can do is raise awareness and support victims of racial abuse. And that is where I'm going to end. If you did enjoy this podcast, please give me a share around on social media, whether it's Twitter, etc. Um... Give me a follow on Twitter as well, at CookCO4. And until next time, guys, I will catch you later. Goodbye.